Welcome to the What's What Weekly Wrap-Up. Today's show focuses exclusively on this week's features from the WFUV Newsroom. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Christina Lulich. And here are this week's feature stories. The Museum of Jewish Heritage hosted a community reading of Elie Wiesel's Night to honor Holocaust victims and victims of Nazi persecution. WFUV's Avery Loftus checked out the event on International Holocaust Remembrance Day. On Holocaust Remembrance Day, communities gather worldwide to remember the atrocities that happened during World War II. The U.S. recognizes this day on January 27th. The Museum of Jewish Heritage commemorated Holocaust Remembrance Day with a reading of Night by Elie Wiesel. It's the first time in seven years that the novel has been read at the museum. Chairman of the Museum of Jewish Heritage, Bruce Ratner, spoke about the overall meaning of Elie Wiesel's Night to the community but it is about someone's life and the horribleness of the Holocaust and going through the Holocaust, but still has a hope to it, a hope for a better future. That was Bruce Ratner. He's the chairman of the Museum of Jewish Heritage. Knight follows a teenage Wiesel facing the horrors of Auschwitz, the largest Nazi concentration camp. The first reader was Eleanor Risa. She's an actress, singer, and author. Risa read a section from Knight when Wiesel's mentor, Moisha, escapes from German soldiers, Moisha tells his community of what he witnessed. Moisha was not the same. The joy in his eyes was gone. He no longer sang. He no longer mentioned either God or Kabbalah. He spoke only of what he had seen. But people not only refused to believe his tales, they refused to listen. Other readers included singers, teachers, religious leaders, and actors. Risa expressed the importance of not only remembrance, but active listening and action. Remembering is important, but connecting the dots to who we are today and where we are today and our dreams and hopes and fears for tomorrow, I think just remembering the past is not enough. And I hope that whatever this day of remembrance means equals action and thoughtfulness of some kind. Some attendees said that people can pass on this testimony to future generations. Abe Seaman is a child of two Holocaust survivors. He says future generations will be in need of stories like the one of his parents. The way I look at it is in another 10 years five years, certainly ten, there will be nobody who lived through the Holocaust still alive. So it's up to the children of the Holocaust and the grandchildren to remember what happened. By reading this novel aloud, the community carries out Elie Wiesel's legacy of fighting indifference through remembrance. I'm Avery Loftus, WFUV News. That was WFUV's Avery Loftus at the Museum of Jewish Heritage for International Holocaust Remembrance Day. Marijuana takes a new form in the new House of Cannabis located in Soho. WFUV's Isabel Danzis went to the exhibit to learn about how the museum is honoring cannabis culture and reckoning with the plant's sometimes controversial past. When you first enter the culture floor of Soho's new House of Cannabis, THC NYC, you're met with an immersive video about the history of cannabis culture. The museum is dedicated to cannabis and how it is used and impacts lives. 
Marcel Fry, the co-founder of the museum, says the House of Cannabis intends to honor the plant because it has impacted lives for thousands of years. The House of Cannabis, THC NYC, is a multi-sensory experience that journeys guests into and through the world of cannabis. Mm -hmm. We felt that uh, cannabis really deserved a very elevated home because it's something that has been a part of people's lives for 6,000 years. The House of Cannabis is divided into three floors. The top floor focuses on culture and how cannabis has shaped music, the arts, fashion, and more. The second centers on agriculture. It shows off cannabis growing and explains what specific properties of the plant can do when consumed. And lastly, the final floor is Ascension. The Ascension floor features the Hypnodrome. It is an immersive, 10 minute long hypnotic journey. Imagine a movie theater, big comfy chairs in rows in front of a screen. When the presentation starts, this music starts playing and colors appear on the screen. They spread onto the walls and the ceiling, melting and growing into new colors, shapes, and spaces. And this whole experience is marketed as a way to meet your higher self. We wanted people to just be completely immersed and engaged and curious, and so we designed an experience that was very accurate and would reach cannabis aficionado, aficionados, um, recreational cannabis users, medical cannabis users, as well as the canicurious. We've had a, lots of people come in that don't um, actually use cannabis and they absolutely love it. However, in addition to showing off how marijuana can be used to enhance life, the House of Cannabis does not shy away from the tormented past of the substance. I think you can't tell the story of cannabis without telling the story of social justice and social equity, and it was incredibly important to us to do that in a correct manner. Located on floor four, the culture floor, the museum features an exhibit called The Forum. Walking into the exhibit, rectangular screens are placed in a semicircle with a video of a person speaking. Looking at all the screens at once, all the voices blend together, and it's impossible to tell what one person is saying. However, once you stand directly in front of one, the other voices are drowned out, and you can hear one person tell their story. And their stories feature how cannabis has negatively impacted their lives. In addition to showing off cannabis usage in this way, the museum actively deals with the repercussions of a cannabis conviction. The House of Cannabis really likes to walk its talk, and so not only are we um, informing the public about these issues and helping them to understand it by breaking it down even further than it's typically broken down and hearing testimony, real testimony from the people that has affected, but it needs to be a part of our DNA. We need to walk our talk. So 30% of our employees and possibly more are all formerly incarcerated. The House of Cannabis partnered with a Second U Foundation. Second U is an organization that focuses on helping formerly incarcerated individuals find careers. Hector Guadalupe is the founder and executive director of Second U. He says the partnership with the House of Cannabis is especially important because of cannabis's history in the United States. 
it's really important because of the, the racial disparities placed on brown and Latino and black communities that are faced with, with these outrageous um, marijuana convictions um, throughout that we've seen throughout the country. Um, men and women are serving life sentences for pot. Guadalupe says that employing people at the House of Cannabis, especially those with marijuana charges, is a way to stand up against these types of convictions. This is sort of our, um, I would say, the THC um, House of Cannabis in the second use pledge against um, this modern day slavery by hiring some of these returning citizens who have marijuana and, and uh, charges and have served time and have had their lives ruined because of cannabis convictions and now showing that they can be employed at, at, at this really, really cool museum and build careers and move on to be productive uh, uh, citizens and professionals. The House of Cannabis is a permanent installation in Soho. I'm Isabel Danzis, WFUV News. That was WFUV's Isabel Danzis exploring the House of Cannabis in Soho. And that's it from us. But you can check out the What's What weekly wrap-up every week for more features exclusively from the WFUV newsroom. And make sure to check out the WFUV What's What daily podcast every weekday at 3 for the latest local news and feature stories from FUV. And as always, you can find out more at WFUVnews.org. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Christina Lulich. And that's What's What.